Welcome to the Prodigal and the Priest podcast, a podcast about faith, sports, and two friends from different cultures. Here are your hosts, Joey Scansella and Father Paul Bechter. Happy Easter. Happy Easter. He's risen. He's truly risen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Are you saying Alleluia or Hallelujah? Alleluia. Without the H. Why do some people say Halle? The H is a Hebrew thing. We're just going straight into it here. <laughs> yeah, just straight in. I was just thinking how nice it was to hear that little intro music again. Yeah. We like we probably disappointed blanket. our listeners. They wanted to enter into Holy Week in a very profound way, and we weren't there with them. <laughs> yeah. You you were sick. My uh my family was trying to recover from a stomach bug. It was oh, the yeah, that's right. Yeah, it was feels like so long ago. <laughs> feels like so long ago, but yet it's not. <laughs> it still feels like it's right here. So yeah, we were trying to figure out how to fit in that podcast on Holy Week. And then it was Holy Thursday, Good Friday, and we just said, you know what? Instead of the millions of listens we probably would get on Holy Week, we should mm. take a step back, humble yeah. thyself Lead in the sight of the Lord. Yep. And just beautiful thing. Just just turn it back. Any reflections on Easter? Where were you? What'd you do? Well, hallelujah, first of all, just to wrap that oh, one yeah, up. Oh yeah, wrap wrap it up. The H instead of <laughs> yeah. the A. Uh H L L. So Hebrew Hebrew verbs are almost always like 99 percent um sort of three consonants and then you do fun stuff with those consonants to give different forms of the verb so hll or like halal something like that uh means a lot of things in hebrew it also means to praise and yah at the end is a shortened name for god so hallelujah means like praise the lord basically in hebrew and there are some other languages. I'm just kind of kind of guessing here, but I think I'm right. Um, there's some other languages that don't really lean into the H at the beginning of words. Think of Italian, for instance. Oh, yeah. They really Italians. don't know what to do with an H at the beginning of a word. <laughs> they either just don't pronounce it at all or they overpronounce it. And I bet that's how that originally Hebrew term, hallelujah, becomes alleluia in the latin tradition that's my guess just shooting from the hip here <laughs> shooting from, <laughs> just shooting from the hip don't anything really else know. <laughs> i feel like we're after don't really start. know how it's going here but yeah so <laughs> i love yeah, it easter reflections i was here at saint anne um which was great it was great for it's me like a celebrity coming back yeah. It's just, hey, Father Paul, everybody. Return of the King. Ret- <laughs> well, maybe not. <laughs> is that a Lord of Rings reference or is that like no, a Lion King? I just made King? that up. Yeah, sure. That's yeah, my own thing. Um, so, one of the things as vocation director is that I'm not assigned to a particular parish. I still live here at St. Anne. So, I and I was assigned here before, and it feels like home. It's my adopted home in Dallas. There's a lot of things that mm. sort of draw me towards St. Anne. But I don't have a formal assignment to another parish. I visit a lot of places and drop as in. As vocations and, director, yeah, you're talking. Yeah. And talk about vocations or cover masses there or help out. Um, 
but there's not everything kind of fades away during the triduum, which I think is one of the one of the the the, the best parts of it. It's the the mystery of our redemption, so the passion, death, and resurrection, the liturgical participation in those mysteries is so dominant um, that it doesn't really feel appropriate to like do other stuff mm. um, alongside it. Like, I was not going to have a vocations, vocations event <laughs> yeah. on like Holy Saturday. Be like, come on, everybody! Like everything's focused on yeah Holy Thursday, Good Friday. Holy Saturday, vigil, preparing for these things. And so I'm not like, I guess the vocation part of my my role just really faded away, which made it great for me personally right? to be able just to, to plug into St. Anne for everything. And so I, I was here for, for everything. Um, and me too. I, yeah. <laughs> Running the live stream. Yeah, behind the scenes. <laughs> I wasn't, you know, allowed up on the altar or those things, but... <laughs> one day, one day we'll figure out who the prodigal is and yeah, who the priest right. is. Yeah, that's right. Maybe I'll be a deacon one day. Maybe. Make, but what, uh, what do you have make to Make idle threats isn't like there, that? Uh, aren't there all requirements of like... You have to be old enough and your kids have to be grown to a certain age. Do they? Uh, yeah, I don't know what the... Okay, so there's like, there's like our requirements, and, and then, then there's like right? actual requirements, yeah. and I don't know how those overlap. Um, I do know that my classmate, uh, Father Emmett, is mm-hmm. now in charge of diaconate formation for the last couple of years. Ooh. So he would be the one to talk to. And Father but, Emmett, as I understand, every now and then we'll listen to listen to the pod shout out father emmett that's shout true. out father emmett he does listen to the, to the cast i prefer to shorten it as the cast, cast. <laughs> instead of pod really <laughs> the cast I'm just deciding that right all now. right that's um, fine but but yeah uh to be a deacon i know you have to it, it's not that you have to be old <laughs> but you do have to be past a certain age mm-hmm. um and there has to be a certain stability in your life which i think involves kids being not little kids anymore, yeah. but like teenagers, right? Because um, <laughs> teenagers so are stable. stable everyone, <laughs> so stable, yeah. if you ever thought about teens, you think stable <laughs> people. <laughs> Glad I work with such a stable, a stable audience. That's right. Yeah, you have so much experience um, in stability as a youth minister. Um, we digress. But you spent Easter here. You didn't do any events. You yeah. you honed in. Yeah, it was uh it was all Saint Anne all the time. I what did masses it. did you do on Easter? On Easter, so I was there for the vigil. I can celebrate at the vigil. I got to chant the exultet. That was a really fun thing for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the exult. That's the the rejoice. Let them rejoice. So choirs of heaven or something. Yeah, I don't know. I've got morning voice, but rejoice let them rejoice so choirs of heaven something like that Mm -hmm. it's like a 10 minute hymn to the easter candle which is kind of a weird concept but when you look at the words it's oh just cheering for you yeah (laughs) yeah it's like an octave lower than i sang it rejoice (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh, but it's one of the most beautiful just sort of theological hymns mm. um, that we have. And so I love it every time it comes up all year. And uh, I loved getting the chance to sing it 
Um, I thought the whole vigil was beautiful. It was like three hours and 40 minutes. Um, three hours, 42. But three who's counting? 42. Who's counting? Just I was. The, the live stream guy. He's got the... <laughs> Who the had actual. the 28 kids to <laughs> baptize from yeah. youth and children. And what? There were 34 total baptisms? 34, because two of the families that had... <clears throat> two families had two children being baptized, but then they also had a baby that was baptized, like ready to be baptized. So... We just brought the brought the whole family in. It was mm. it was cool. Well, the whole family besides the parents, but it's like Acts of the Apostles. Yeah, bringing in whole families. We're not even counting the women and the children <laughs> That's in the Mark's baptismal gospel. numbers, <laughs> right? That's Mark's gospel. <laughs> Same thing, and so um, and then yeah, so yeah. the the vigil finished uh, at a nice healthy hour of the the night, mm. and. It was great. I love the way they did the vigil here. It felt so alive with all the baptisms and everything. And just, it was long, but it was appropriately long. Because mm. again, like, what else are you going to do? <laughs> um, am I just going to go to bed early on Holy Saturday? And Yes. Yes, <laughs> yes I could have because the next morning I had the 6 a.m. Mass, the sunrise Mass, which is actually way before sunrise, I think. Isn't sunrise like 8 o'clock? I think during day, are we in, I forget, we're in daylight savings. No, we're out yes, of daylight savings. we're in daylight savings. Okay. I finally figured this out. Okay, we're in daylight savings. Yes, it's the sun comes up At like later. Like 7.15 or 7.30. Uh, yeah, because I take the kids around 7. Yeah, yes, yeah. yes. On the rare so, occasion, it, I start my commute down to the diocese that early. Right. <laughs> I'll get blasted in the eyes with the sun. Exactly. Uh, on 35. Um, yeah. Which is yeah. kind of funny that they call it a sunrise. Yeah, because it's before that mass at dawn. I don't know, whatever. Um, yeah. So I had the 6 a.m. mass, which was surprisingly well attended. I'd never been to it before. Um, well, and you know the tradition of it here. 800 people. You know the background of it? Yeah, it used to be outside. Yeah. I, I say we, we go back to that. You know, it's it's funny because like my tratty sensibilities are like, <laughs> why would you not use a church when you have a church? That's what it's for. Um, right. This isn't just to like pitch a tent and have a mass. I um, hear a but. But. I'm kind of, I don't know. There was part of me that was like, this might, would have, be cool might have been nice. I don't know. If I was forced into it, maybe I wouldn't have hated it. <laughs> exactly. See? <laughs> just saying. Just saying. <laughs> Whatever that means. <laughs> that um, we should. I think that would be a cool like, I don't know, just like kind of symbol around. Yeah. Or hell. I don't know. Well, we'll it's something to we'll pray about it. We'll, we'll put it on the we board. We have no authority on the board for next year. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Kick it around. Um, Everybody, email Father Edwin this week <laughs> and request an outside sunrise Easter day. So the six a.m. mass was really good for me because it reminded me of my of my mortality and <laughs> <laughs> my weakness. Like I'm getting old. I only slept three hours or something in between the vigil and, and the 6 a.m. just because of the way it all works out. Mm -hmm. um, and in my mind, I can do that. But here it is, uh, full disclosure, Wednesday, Easter Wednesday. And I feel like I'm still recovering. <laughs> like I still haven't caught up on sleep. Um, I'm mortal. So, um, had the 6 a.m. mass, 
then had a little celebratory breakfast, then I had the 10 a.m. mass in the assembly room. I heard the final numbers for St. Anne. Yeah, did you hear them? 9,300-something people on Easter. Uh, That's what that just... I got from... I don't know what that includes. That's just a text from Father Edwin, but... Okay, because I saw the whole triduum numbers. Oh, okay. You you did too. I think you're on that email as well. I but, don't think so. Okay, so I had <laughs> here the entire triduum numbers were eleven thousand one hundred thirty-four mm. at your ten a.m. Because we were debating this at your ten a.m. <laughs> assembly room, they say there was four hundred and twenty. Mm. At the 10 a.m. in the church, which holds 1,200, <laughs> technically, there was 2,588 people. I guess there were going to be 2,000. Our courtyard really 2, has been a game changer. It really has. I mean, if if y'all who are who are listening are not familiar with the setup at St. Anne, um, one of our one of our big COVID pivots was to uh, set up. A whole like AV system and and screens and stuff. Not in the church. Don't you know? Get mad. Um, outside the church. <laughs> Go ahead. Get mad. Out. Come at <laughs> <Yeah>. us. <laughs> Come at me, bro. Uh, outside the church in the courtyard. We've got this great like Spanish style courtyard and stuff that we really didn't use to much of its potential mm. for the last twenty years or however long San Anne has been around. Um, but because people, it was easier for people to come to church and sit outside in the open air in those kind of earlier days of COVID, mm-hmm. um, we got these big screens and stuff installed out there so that like, you're just on the other side of the door from the church. It's not like you're in a separate, separate space. If you open the doors of the church, it would just be a natural overflow like they do at St. Peter's. Yeah. Um, Actually, it's very much like St. Peter's now that I think about it. With the, the We're same, very they have much the like St. Peter's. St. Peter's has the same sort of setup with screens in that big courtyard that right. they'll use when they use the courtyard for overflow. So we've kept that as a stable thing. And over the last year, it's allowed people to sort of have an option to come back. If they mm-hmm. weren't comfortable sitting inside, they could sit outside. Yep. Now it really helps for uh, if parents of young kids like... Are losing it <laughs> during lose, mass. Losing yeah. their minds. They can go, go sit outside and they're still part of mass. Like they're very much, they're, they're able to, to listen, to see. They're, they're what's called morally participating as well, which means that like they're not across the campus in some right, other right, building. Right. Um, they're just right outside the door. And... Um, Honestly, that, that some of the video huge, and audio yeah. qu- audio quality are better than at times in our church because we have such a large, like with our large ceiling church. Yeah, you can hear better in the courtyard sometimes. I think sometimes, yeah, than the way it echoes in the church. But anyway, point is, like, it, it gives us this this ability to to flex like six hundred more people <laughs> or eight hundred yeah. more people exactly um, into a huge mass and we've seen that at christmas and at easter at some of the the like massively attended see what i did there massively yeah. massively attended. attended we're on it very, this easter very, season we're killing it so far. so awake right now <laughs> <laughs> morning's usually your jam 
Yeah, but I'm still recovering from that that heroic heroic, uh, <laughs> heroic wow um, switch from the vigil to the sunrise. Mass. Yeah, yeah, just heroic. Imagine. <clears throat> streaming the vigil and then you know some of us had to stay around cleanup probably while mm. others left mm. and then i didn't notice much cleanup <laughs> when i got there for the 6 a.m <laughs> and then having children you know wake up early because they're ready for yeah, you know they're the x factor yeah they're children. they're the x factor <laughs> um also our mavs they're yeah. in the playoffs Great they split the series Without Luca. Without Luca, it's amazing. He might come back, but he needs to come back. I don't know. I feel like if... if really? They, so what I hear about calf injuries, Luca has a calf injury, right? Right. We're still not... We're still not sure quite how bad it is. Last time I talked to him, <laughs> I wasn't really... I didn't I was, get the full story. I was texting with Boban the other day, and <laughs> Boban told me. <laughs> that would be amazing. That would... Just like, hey man, what's the inside scoop with Luca? <laughs> hey, is he gonna play game three? Um, but I hear that those things, if you don't take care of them, like you can, you can create long term complications. So with a calf, with a calf strain, <laughs> depending <laughs> on how bad it is. <laughs> This sounds like a tear. I just I totally <laughs> coughed into the mic. I apologize. I was laughing too much. Um, that that who made that up? Some doctor is like, well, you know, if you don't really take care of that calf, there could be like what? They're gonna have to amputate a calf? Like what? No, what are they gonna have like to do? Tear the muscle worse. It might take a lot longer to recover. Can't they get one of those Theragun things on this puppy and just like <laughs> get them back out there? Do you think Michael Jordan? Would have been held oh. down by a calf in- uh, injury. Uh, like he was so uh, dehydrated, he had to be helped off the court in game six against the Jazz in the yeah, 96 after finals. The flu game, which the turns out game. was the food poisoning the game. Food poisoning flu which game. Which turns out was probably the Jazz fans poisoning him. Yeah, yeah. If you've never pizza, seen um, The Last the Dance, last dance uh, <laughs> they talk about this game in it where Michael Jordan gets sick and hits the game winning shot and all that you know what i'm saying though don't you think dirk had the fever game lucas lucas played through some injuries but has he he's kind of a pretty boy he's he's mentality uh, mentality. i don't know i think he's such a he literally combs his hair to the left after he takes shots well okay so like literally he has hair that needs to be combed and in that sense does it They don't I, make product. I think that can hold this hair for a forty-minute game. Want to be there as soon as possible, um, but that there's probably something of a like. Well, we stole a game without him. How long can we go to allow him to come back at full strength without okay. without endangering our run to the playoffs more, or you know, future greatness. Future greatness. <laughs> Anyway, very exciting that they won. Um, yeah, and we, in our Easter season, we're living in the resurrection. We this is the day. Hey, the, the, the Mavs stole one, and we stole one because, I don't know if anybody else has we, this like issue. Philly we, or no, something? me and you. Oh. And, like, we baptize. And um, <laughs> the Mavs... I don't know if anybody else had this issue. Maybe you all have real TV, but we have YouTube TV. And we sign on to YouTube TV to watch the game because it's like, hey, the kids are going to sleep, all this. And it's blacked out. And you're like, 
what are you talking about? Travesty. It's blacked out. This is crazy. And so it's blacked out, but in our Easter season miracle, channeling the inner resurrection, we got on the VPN, <laughs> I don't fired know it up, fired up the VPN. We, Father Paul and I, the fifth. Exactly. I Father nothing. Paul and I, we VPNs are legal. Oh. It's not like we're doing something I illegal, I don't think. Anyway, <laughs> if we are confessing to it over live radio. Exactly. We we popped in the VPN and then you get to pick your location on the VPN. Didn't you use a VPN in Rome? No. I just didn't watch stuff. We oh. got we got Armed Forces <laughs> Network um uh at the seminary uh. because we had some ex-military guys and they managed to get like hook up through military bases and stuff to Rome. So we we had to watch all the all the military commercials, which nice. uh, which were fun for a while, but pretty repetitive. If anyone has has been in the military, like and the has watched USAA, Armed Forces Network, like insurance ones, no, like no? not even to that level. Like like basically local TV commercials <laughs> made by the military for military. So there's like not a whole lot of advertising effort or dollars. The USA what is it like to buy are, things? Like here's a thing for like here you want to buy a gun or something <laughs> no it's more just like join the military morale oh <laughs> those That's are the ones amazing. i remember um, and somebody get us a feed of these commercials <laughs> so that i can see them and so like watching the super bowl was kind of <laughs> i mean it a was big great part of it's but the terrible. commercials yeah, 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 yeah and we we got armed forces forces network afn commercials um that's how we did it in rome when i was in bermuda growing up um, they would black out the the Super Bowl sometimes or like the NFL playoffs mm. just because Bermuda was was doing some weird stuff with uh, <laughs> like they're a British country, right? Overseas territory. And they, for the longest time growing up, they had a monopoly for their cable company mm. uh, called Cablevision in Bermuda. Then eventually when I was about to graduate high school, they got another one. So there's some, some competition, but I always heard that that cable company would just pirate the signals off the east coast of the United States. Really? And then resell them to Bermuda, which meant that sometimes we wouldn't be able to watch games because of regional like blackouts like that. Right. If you're in but, like pirating from New York, yeah. then they're going to black out the Knicks or the exactly. Rangers or Yankees or and something. So there were yeah. weird things that would happen like that. Um, I don't know why it all worked out this way, but... I just remember that when the Astros made the World Series, because I was a huge Astros fan growing up, mm-hmm. being from Houston, when they made the World Series and then got swept by the White Sox, oh, but they yeah. beat the Cardinals and the the NLCS. Yeah. And Wasn't that with Beltron that year? Like he yeah. was hitting all those home runs. Yeah, Beltron. Clemens. Was Clemens one of your pitchers that no, year? No, I don't think so. Um, oh, I thought it was him and Andy Pennant. Uh, gosh, yeah, Pettit was. I don't. I don't Maybe. remember the pitchers that well. Actually, Often. I thought I just had that team. on My wife was there for Game Four when they got swept. Yeah, yeah, that was rough. That was AJ rough. Pruszynski, right? The catcher just kept hitting home runs. The White Sox catcher, yeah, just destroyed us. It destroyed me. But I had to listen to those games on satellite radio. We couldn't watch them in Bermuda. Oh my goodness. Um. And that's another what reason, I, folks, that's what besides I the triangle, not to move there because yeah. of cable. Anyway, we tricked the system. We got the game. We watched the game. Came through. We thought they were going to lose. 
Every <laughs> time. We. We. Me and Father Paul. Father Paul was the I'm one not an accomplice. The, yeah, he's an accomplice. I just showed up halfway <laughs> through the game and said, oh, you're able to watch it. How great. Oh, great, great. And so we, uh, yeah, it, it was interesting because we, every time they made a little run, just the Jazz would come back immediately. And we were like, they're done. <laughs> so pessimistic. You literally said the same thing. It's like we can't overcome this little hill that we're going up. It's you true. Know? Like, it's true. It felt it, like it. They didn't have a lead for most of the game. Your like boy. Early on. Maxi. My boy Maxi. Uh, what's his last? Uh, uh, Kleba. 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 Uh, I always thought it was Cleburne just because I think, isn't there a Cleburne, Texas or something? There is a Cleburne. <laughs> there but it's not go. spelled with, with a K like his is. It's not? No, Cleburne's spelled with a C. Oh, there you go. Okay. Kleba. So, Maxi Kleba is spelled with a K. Okay, anyway, Ends Maxi Kleba starts draining the threes, changing the whole dynamic because they needed somebody else because Brunson was carrying them. Going for 41. Yeah, but Career carrying high. them and Villanova, baby. Shout out. Greg Scatini. Shout out, Greg. <laughs> if Greg still listens. There's, Villanova. No, way. There's no way Greg listens. Anyway. All right, we're 25 minutes in. We haven't done anything with our lives besides talk about sports and Jesus rising. So I guess we've done something. But there is a question that came in that I want to toss out that I think is fitting for this week. Let me see it. It's right here. Okay, this question comes in from Emily. Emily, do you all have any tips for sharing your testimony? I've uh, been feeling called recently to share and be better witness for Christ through my day-to-day life. I'm struggling to break out of my comfort zone. Any tips? Yes. I love this question, especially in light of Easter and being able to share like why we are a people of hope that, you know, you know, I love it. First Peter 315, always be ready to give a reason for the hope you have in Jesus Christ, you know, like, and so being able to share that and have that um, ready. I think there's three types of testimonies. Now I'm not saying I'm a testimony expert, but I'm just going to take the wheel here for, a I minute. was actually gonna start off and then kick it right over to you. Kick it right. Because, because I've gotten some feedback before that I thought was good feedback, but confused me a little bit. And it made me realize I'm not a testimony expert mm. because I blend testimony and teaching. Right. Uh, quite a bit i think i'm a, a natural teacher that's where yes that's where i tend in everything <laughs> yeah and so i struggle to stick to a testimony and i would like to hear also kind of like more about that distinction right uh, from so, our testimony expert testimony expert choice skin <laughs> self 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 um <laughs> given um okay so a few things I, I'll be transparent, never gave a testimony until I joined NET. NET is what transformed my life with the ability to um, speak, give testimonies, do all those things. Their training was just phenomenal. And so they do testimonies and the way they teach testimonies, testimonies are three minutes, no longer. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now that's probably the most controversial part in regards to like actually giving a testimony in front of people. A lot of people will be like, no, it's got to be five to seven minutes or 10 minutes tops or this or that. I feel that's why there's three different categories. And this is, I think, important, Emily, is there's the category of a testimony of we call it an elevator speech testimony, right? Someone you're going to encounter, maybe you're standing in line at Starbucks, maybe you're in an actual elevator, maybe you're at the water cooler at work, maybe you're just casually talking with someone where you would be able to say, 
hey, how was your weekend? Oh man, my weekend was great. I actually went to church. You know, we celebrated the resurrection of Jesus. I'm just so happy that, you know, I can live a life where I know God, you know, died for me and rose for me and living in that freedom, right? That's like a little 30 second, like you can just give something to say, like, I know that Jesus came into my life to save me and that I get to follow him and I'm in love with him, right? Literal 30 second testimony Mm -hmm. to be able to share that witness, to, to proclaim the gospel. Then there's the three minute testimony and okay, I'll allow it to five minutes after five. I think very generous. I think you, you lose the audience. And I, I mean, people net was intense. There was literally someone in the back of the room when you started saying, holding up a one, saying, okay, you're in your first minute, second minute, third minute, wrap it up. Like, because they're like, it's that important to be just succinct and like. Yeah. No just, wonder you're the way you are. That's just, it. just very pointed. <laughs> um, Nets testimony, like um, uh, preparation was kind of threefold. You want to spend about 45 seconds on how were you before you knew the Lord? Or say you've always known the Lord. You've always had a relationship. You grew up Catholics. Because some people say, I have no story. I have no witness. No, that is a story within itself. And I have a lot of teens who think like, oh, I have to have done like, I don't know, drugs or something severe Mm -hmm. to have a testimony or a witness. No, one of the witness could be, hey, I grew up Catholic. I've always loved the Lord. Like you just want to share with the background of this is who I was and what I did. Father Paul's holding up his one minute right now. So then you move into the meat of the story, which is about the minute 15, which is the minute 15 is what happened, what moment pinpointing it down to say in this moment, the Lord came in my life in a profound way and my life changed, right? So for me, it is, I read, I was helping teach like a confirmation class and I wasn't really living my faith. They handed me the scriptures um, to read during one of the classes. I opened to the verse, Matthew chapter nine, verse nine, saw a man named Matthew sitting there at the customs post. He said, come and follow me, right? He got up and followed him. The call of St. Matthew. That was a profound moment for me where it was like, I felt like the Lord directly saying, Joey, will you come and follow me? Turn away from this life that you're not, that you're living for the world and come and follow me. And the last 45 seconds, you wrap it up with, now how is your life different? Because if it hasn't changed, like, Mm. then we need to work on that, right? So it can say, after that moment, then I got more involved in my church, in my youth group. I started living for uh, the Lord. I started attending mass and the sacraments and I started, you know, like entering into a daily prayer life, right? Like if Jesus came into our life, he died for us, he rose for us, then our lives must be different in some way. And so um, that's kind of the net three minute testimony, right? Like, so before what happened and now how is your life different? And the last kind of thing we always did was like the last line was the invitation to the people sitting there or hearing it like so for me it'd be like you know i feel like god is offering you all that same question will you come and follow me and only you can answer that you know like turning it back on the people to say hey this is your choice um so 
testimonies are huge important. I think what people get into, which I would say is not a testimony, but more is what I would call is, um, I don't know, a lifeline or a um, entire breakdown of your story and background. That is, people go into this pitfalls of it, right? People go into it to be 30 minutes long, right? Mm -hmm. 10 to 30 minutes where it's like, no, that's your whole story. And that has a place in sharing like the long form story of all the details of what Jesus did. But that is not for the everyday audience. That is not for a youth group. That's not for a young adult group. That's not for a Sunday mass. That's not for those things, right? It's, it's a very special case of meeting with someone and um, diving into what the Lord has done in your life. And so I feel like those are the three things that we need to first get in our mind is, hey, always have a pitch ready to share like a 30-second pitch of like why you are the person you are because, because of Jesus. A three to five-minute testimony, but I'll, I'll hunker down to three because I feel like you can say all you need to in three minutes and be succinct. And I think you can do that because the biggest thing I see of the people that go over three minutes, they glorify sin too much. And I don't want to, yeah. I, I don't mean to offend them in any way, but I think they go and be like, oh, I went to this party and I did A, B, C. And it's like, you can just say, I lived a life of partying and then move on to the next point. Like the focus is Jesus, not the glorifying of sin. And then the third one is the really long like stories. That's where like say we were getting to know each other and be like, hey, I want to share a little bit of like my whole life testimony. That's something that over time and a discussion talking could be like 30 minutes sharing. This is what the Lord did. Like that's very much a one-on-one conversation Mm -hmm. of sharing with someone, um, not what I would call a testimony. So I think people should write it down. They should practice it. They should time themselves and they should do it as often as possible. Coworkers, wow. lines, different things. So we're reversing awesome. roles here. I'm, I'm, I'm no, fulfilling I'm, the father Paul role. In I'm here. loving it. It's a, uh, and it's, it's given me a chance to, to think about it because I've always kind of, kind of wondered about this, uh, this mysterious training from net, uh, <laughs> that I've never realized, but, that I've never had, but a lot of my friends have. And um, the way you're describing testimony um, as something so kind of compact, um, it makes me think about gospel scenes mm. where there's not a whole lot that is explained. Like sometimes Jesus will tell a parable and then he'll explain to his disciples later. Um but a lot of times he just lets it kind of hang out there. Like he'll he'll tell this parable or an evangelist will describe a gospel scene and they won't explain like the moral of the story as they're going. They just leave it in this kind of dense sort of like they're mm. painting a picture and then you have to sit there and meditate on that picture and, and apply it to yourself. And it's that action that... That kind of makes it your own, right? Um, that seems to me to be the the value of making a strong distinction between uh, a testimony and something that's a, a longer form story or a story with teaching, right? Um, 
that testimony would have the it, it's basically like looking at a piece of art um, and having to figure out what it means right um, and I do think one thing people get stuck on is like okay so you only have one testimony my answer back would actually be no like I have several different probably three minute testimonies of saying like my initial conversion um, how I came to do youth ministry and follow the Lord is a testimony within itself. When our daughter passed away, that's a testimony to certain people, you know, like that these, these moments in our lives that have been huge, I think all become testimonies of like, you know, preaching Christ crucified and being able to, you know, share, share the gospel at, at all times. And so, um, and this is the case where use words when necessary. It's necessary now. <laughs> yeah. You know, like. Um, but, but it's also not necessary to. I mean, another thing it makes me think of is is uh, the man born blind in, in John 9. The way. So, I mean, it's a story that, that we hear um, on what, like the fifth Sunday of Lent or something. If you're right. doing the scrutinies, whatever. Um, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> liturgy, whatever. Um, but they keep going and asking this guy, like, what happened to you? And he just says very simply, like, I don't really know, but I couldn't see. And now I can see like, he's not trying to explain all the theological implications. Right. Um, of he, he is saying like, (laughs) this guy can't just be, be a nobody. Um, and he's coming to greater faith in giving that testimony over and over. Right. Um, moving from like, you know, he's a, he's a prophet to, to whatever he says later. Um, but it's, um, yeah, he actually encounters Jesus at the end of that, that passage and Jesus, this is how it goes. Jesus heard that they had cast him out, and having found him, he said, do you believe in the Son of Man? So he's already given this testimony twice. Mm -hmm. Um, And the man who was healed says, who is he, sir, that I may believe in him? Jesus said to him, you have seen him, and it is he who speaks to you. He said, Lord, I believe, and he worshiped him. So there's something about the giving of that testimony without Mm -hmm. having to, to feel like, you know, all the answers to everything. Right. Feeling a, a, a sort of lack of instruction or lack of expertise or, or whatever can hold people back from bearing witness to their faith, I think, quite yeah. a lot. Um, but in John 9, he doesn't, he doesn't do that. He just says, this happened. And in having to say that over and over, <laughs> um, he actually is prepared to encounter Jesus and to worship and believe, um, to move from, well, he must be some kind of a prophet to, uh, he's the son of man, um, and, and the Messiah. Uh, yeah, so there's, it seems to me that there's also an effect on our own faith. Yeah. Um, that like, it might be scary to give a testimony when you're not used to it. Yeah. Um, you might be concerned to do it, to do it right, especially after Joey's very, very rigorous uh, instructions, which actually, <laughs> actually sound super practical and uh, help me in 
in conceptualizing uh, <laughs> this this kind of genre. Um, well, and the other thing I was going <laughs> to say, you bring up a good point about most people will say it's really scary. I don't know if I can do that. Start with a group that it's not scary with. Start with your friends who are, you know, hopefully or you know, a, a community group of people that are believers and just mm-hmm. saying, hey, guys, I'd love to share my testimony. I'm trying to be better at it and sharing it and more succinct and all these things like so can I share it with you and the more you share it like now after net because I shared it I don't know how many times in a year between small groups and up front and talks you do a retreat every day like yeah I could not I could care less to share it or not but it's it's not <laughs> it's, it's second just, nature yeah it's second it's a nature habit. and so that's <clears throat> the other thing is you can't get to the point of sharing it with the scary person who like doesn't know <laughs> Jesus. Person. And you know what I mean? Like, yeah. okay, uh, should I tell them, uh, you know, like, mm-hmm. yeah, I've shared it before waiting to pick up the kids at school. I've shared it before. Like, and that's more of a 30 second pitch of being like, Hey, instead of just being like, Hey, how's it going? You know, people will say, how was your weekend? And most people say, ah, it was good. Just mm-hmm. relax. You know, it's like, Oh, actually, it was really good at St. Anne's. I just did it the other day, right? At St. Anne's, we uh, we baptized 34 people on the Easter Vigil, and it just reminded me of the power and glory of God and that he is risen. Now, it was really interesting because this person was like, oh, that's interesting. I'm like, what were they, Greek, or- Greek Orthodox, which they don't celebrate Easter until, I oh, think, until this next weekend. Week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it was a good yeah. conversation, though, yeah. you know, like to be able to, to share that. And so... Um, in the words of JP2, it's mm. just fitting. Be not afraid. Be not afraid. No other person ever said that. No. Just John Paul too. And he only said it once. Yeah. In, uh, on my tattoo that I'm going to get one day on my arm, <laughs> it'll be, be not afraid, JP2. AKA. Noli timere. Is that what it means? In Latin. Do you have anything else to add before we close out here? Yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> yes. Actually, I do. So... Um, this this was really cool for for me to to hear like the the breakdown of the the net system um, because this is something I've been doing ever since I had a conversion. Um, this is something I've been doing in a formal way ever since I became a seminarian. You always have to tell your vocation story. Um, I didn't know how to do it. Um, I never studied a technique to do it. And there's definitely right. ways that I've learned to tighten it up and to change it. And But it's just your story. Like right. what Joey described is, is a really helpful way um, to tell it in an effective manner that also gives you confidence. Um, but it's just your story. And your story is the story of how God has worked in your life. Mm-hmm. Um if you don't think it's exciting, you need to think about it more. Yeah. Um, yeah. It would be crazy for one of the disciples or one of the apostles mm-hmm. to be like, well, I don't have this dramatic moment like Thomas did of not being there when Jesus showed up in the upper right. room. And it, like for St. Luke, who says that he wasn't an eyewitness to these things, mm-hmm. but interviews the eyewitnesses the apostles later yeah and writes the gospel for saint luke to be like well i mean my story isn't isn't you know that interesting or that powerful right because 
I didn't have this moment like Thomas did right. when Jesus says, like, put your finger in in, right. in my wounds. Um, yeah, or like Peter being like, <clears throat> I denied him, but then I came, you know, like. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, and can you imagine Peter, like, sort of glorifying the the sinful part of it? Yeah. Like, like yeah, I really denied him. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like the cock had to crow three times. <laughs> such an unbeliever. Like, it's focused on Jesus and on on what he's what he's done for us and that's yeah. that is the the greatest thing um for for each one of us and those stories have have power in a way that we don't know until mm. we tell it and we see the way that God works through that telling yeah um i think that's that's the point i want to to leave y'all with is if you don't think it's interesting that's an opportunity for you to tell it and see what god does mm. um his power is made perfect through our weakness. Yeah. Well, let's, uh, I don't know. Can I pray us out with that? Yeah. Let's do it. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, we just pray for um, the ability to share our story, to glorify you in all that we do. Um, Lord, we pray that we may know it, that we may be able um, to not be afraid to share it to those we encounter. Um that we're able to practice sharing our witness, Lord. And most of all, that it leads to you. It does not glorify any past sins or past life, but it glorifies you and that people may come to know you, love you, and serve you. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. All right. Good Happy one. Easter. Go Mavs. Go Mavs. Happy Go Mavs. Easter. Hake <laughs> Diaz. Yeah, they have this to is jo- the day. This the is the made. day. Let us rejoice and be glad. Joey Scancella, Father Paul Bechter, take care. God bless. Octave of Easter out.